Hey, Chavs. Just spilled water on my lap tab. There we go. All right. Hope you're having a wonderful Monday and have had a great weekend. It has certainly been show for me. I had a great uh, had a great time watching some some sweet uh, I watched a Doug Wilson uh, video where he was speaking on biblical sexuality at the University of Indiana, and uh, this was back in like 2019. And it was just amazing to watch the crowd boo and heckle and jeer and all their little smug self-righteousness. And it's like, oh my gosh, like the inst- you can see what the institution does. You know, university used to be a sign, like going to university used to be a sign of um, high IQ, high academic uh, ability. Whereas now going to university is just a sign of bondability. You know, can they take, have you got a pulse to take a, a bank loan out on? We'll take you. And so, man, it was just like, it was, it was really fascinating. So I didn't watch Wilson's talk. I, I just watched the Q&A, the hour and a half long Q&A. And he, so he obviously spoke on biblical sexuality. And, and so all the questions are like, the kids were so low IQ, they couldn't, they couldn't think outside of their NPC frame. And so like the questions they were setting up or the statements they were making from the microphone were to elicit a celebration from the audience, you know, of like, I'm woke and I just dissed on this religious uh, bad man because he's not orange, so old man bad. And, uh, man, at first I was just like black pill, like total black pill, like, man, this is my own state that I live in and these are the, these are all the kids in the university. And it's just like, oh, God help uh but on the other end you know it's it's the total framing of of the power game you know the time for debate has ended the time for ideological masturbation has come to an end and now it's a power game now it's an institutional game so marcel good day to you fine sir good to have you on you know so now we find ourselves i i I had a great uh my chat with Dylan about libertarianism, uh, Mr. Patriarch's uh, live stream, um, has been really well received, and and I think you just you you realize the psyop for so many of us of this idealism, this high conceptual idealism, and then uh, alongside that you get all these guys, these libertarians, just spouting off these insane ideological. Uh, you know, like, oh, well, free markets and open borders and, you know, sound money and, you know, and they're just spouting with all their concepts. And it's like, champ, libertarians are, are never going to have power. They will never have power. They will, libertarians will never have power. Institutional power, governmental power, they'll never have power. Conversely, you, you start looking at, at all the conservative kerfuffle over the weekend with old Matt Welsh who is trying to raise or raised like a hundred grand for AOC's grandmother. And it's just like, man, conservatives are the most effeminate, most cucky uh, bunch of losers. You know, I, I, I repent of ever having been a libertarian. I repent of ever having been a conservative, like the, the amount of cringe factor. W laser. Welcome brother. And so when you look at, 
um, this game they're trying to play, you know, of like, we raised a hundred grand for our enemy. And now look at the hypocrisy. And it's like, they don't care. They don't care. They want power. That's all they want. That's all our enemy wants is power. They have no morality. They have no integrity. They have no moral pin ability to pin them to their words, right? Lies mean nothing to them. They will lie. They will cheat. They will steal to get power. And then once they have power, they use it. Conservatives, so libertarians will never, ever get power. They'll orbit power and they'll like, you know, be the beta orbiter, but they will never touch. They will never get in. Conservatives get in, but then don't know what to do. They don't know how to use. They will never use power. So conservatives, they have the presidency, they have the house, they have the Senate. Okay, we're going to do some stuff, right? Wrong. David Crockett, welcome, brother. Conservatives always lose. But they reframe it as principled losing. You see, as long as you can keep your principles, we are actually the good guys. And it's like, no one cares. No one cares for good guys. No one cares for nice guys. No one cares for the friend-zoned gamma beta orbiter. Like, no one cares. We all care about the guy who gets crap done, who gets things done. And so I just really wanted to, to chat today this thing of, of idealism of ideological masturbation. You know, we, we, we get off on outrage and we get off on debates and we get off on, on, you know, fiscal policy. And, you know, if we could only do this and seven policy, blah, 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 and we could do this and we could do that. And it's like, chaps, you're, you're either never going to get into power. And if you do, you're never going to do these things. So stop getting off on them. Stop Stop getting off on pie-in-the-sky idealism when you should be working. You should be building institutional power when you should be doing the things that actually matter. You know, so I shared that little Venn diagram. Henry Parks, welcome, brother. Good to have you on. That, that Venn diagram I shared on Twitter of things that matter, and that's a huge, that's a huge circle, you know, and we watch CNN and we watch Fox News and, and we, we follow Charlie Kirk on Twitter and we follow Ben Shapiro and we're like, oh, this matters. Like, I'm outraged, you know, and we outrage and we, because we, it matters. It all matters, right? The second circle in the Venn diagram is control. Things that we can control. Things that I personally can control. A big fat zilch of all of that stuff. And so it's a waste. It's a psyop. It's a gatekeeping to keep patriarchal, dominion-minded men away from things they can control and putting them onto things that matter very much, but they have no authority over. They have no control over. So we have to, we have to reframe, right, for ourselves. And this is the great, the great uh, salvation moment, the scales falling off our eyes moment, when we realize that God deals in scaled authority. So if you are in DC, if you are in some think tank, some political club, some huge big investment bank, like great, you worry about those things because you actually have a say in them. You, you actually have control in some of those things. For the rest of us, we have to come down to scale, right? It's that whole thing of one talent or 10 talent. So many of us one talent guys, 
we look at the guy with 10 talents and we're like, man, I can never do that. Or what's the point of even trying? You know, we, we elected our guy. We elected Donald to go do the things. And so because I'm just a one talent guy, I'm going to bury my talent and carry on being an NPC, being a non-player character. When God says of the guy who buried his one little talent just because it was one talent, he says, you wicked servant. So what we need to do is understand that a lot of us, the things we can control are not this. And one day through working at your scale, through, through being uh, faithful with little, one day God will give you much to, to take control of. But this is where we focus. We focus on the things that we can control, which for a lot of us is just one talent. It's just one notch. You know, it's a thousand notches down from Washington, D.C. and Israel and China and Charlie Kirk and Ben Shapiro. You know, it's like we would be a whole lot better if we never even knew that they existed. And we put all of our focus here. What can I control? What, in, what institutions am I a part of? What uh, work am I doing? What industry, what uh, domain am I crushing in right now? Uh, for you new guys, we've been talking a lot about domain as Christian men, as dominionist men. You know, ministry is the obvious domain that we're all told to go. And if you want to please the Lord, this is where you've got to go and work as a, as a pastor or a missionary or a worship leader or something in the church to please the Lord. But like 90% of us, that's not our calling. That's not the talent that God gave us. The talent he gave us is in ministry, sorry, is in media or governance or economy. You know, there's, there's such a different domain to be one to the, to the glory of the Lord as unto the Lord. Christian nationalism is not the church running the government. It's Christian men crushing in their institutions, crushing in their domain and being at the top of the honor hierarchy in their domain. Christian men making policy, Christian men working as unto the Lord, Christian men influencing, Christian men making decisions at the highest levels in their hierarchies. That's Christian nationalism. That's dominion. So, you know, I really wanted to get into that thing for us of like, we are, we are uniquely placed. You know, each of us has a unique placement. If you look at asymmetric warfare, you know, we don't have the institutions. We don't have right now, if, if Christian nationalism is our lofty high ideal, our goal, what we have now, we have to have a realistic, I was uh, watching a video of, of Aaron Wren uh, this, this weekend and, and he said some great stuff. He said, uh, the church, he's talking about, about masculinity and the church and the problems we face. And he's talking about how the tool, the toolbox we're given for the map of the world that we're given. So he says, for so many men, the liberal map of the world, it doesn't, it doesn't fit us. We don't fit this equality, you know, feminism, uh, you know, global homo, like this just, it doesn't, it's not real. It's not a real map of the world. And so what the church does is they're like, well, guys, men are the problem. You don't fit in, you're the problem. You don't fit this clown world. Well, it's because you're not enough of a clown, you silly you know, and so it's the men's problem. And what's the solution? Servant leadership. You've just got to serve. You've just got to be a servant to all. Serve the clowns. You know, and, and I was just like watching that. I'm like, dude, freaking machine. Like, that's it. Like, our map of the world 
And that's why guys gravitate to Jordan Peterson or gravitate to, to uh, the Manosphere guys is because they give a realistic map of the world. So, so Peterson, he gives a map of the world that is very close to being true. It's, it's truer than Clown World. He just stops short of giving you the real solution. You know, so he's like, clean your room, bucko. And that's great. That's an awesome toolkit that he gives us. The Manosphere guys, right? Learn about your sexual market value. Learn about the, the nature of the feminine and the masculine. Learn about game and uh, confidence and, you know, all the, all the uh, status um, increasers. That's great. But they stop short of a biblical worldview, which is dominion and patriarchy. And so those tools are good, right? So clean your room, phenomenal, great tool. But the moment you've, you're done cleaning your room, it's scale now, right? You've cleaned the first talent. Now God's like, oh, great, you've cleaned your room. Now let's gather with three or four other mates who've all cleaned their room and let's go clean up the neighborhood. And that's when Jordan Peterson's like, oh, no, no, no. Collectivism, bad. All the libertarians start chiming in like, oh, you bloody individualism is the only ism. Because they don't want to go outside. They don't want to go outside and get punched in the face and punch back and enter the arena. You know, we, we will run away from the arena because white men aren't allowed to be in the arena. You know, and so you get called a racist and you run away. You get called a bigot and you run away. You get called a misogynist, you run away. You know, and, and now it's it's all of us chaps, you know, this this masculine Christianity, this patriarchal dominionist Christianity that's rising up, all, all these dudes being like, wait a minute, that's actually a pretty nice map. Like that's a pretty nice map of the world. Like, wait, God, God designed patriarchy? God designed dominion? Wait a minute. I'm a king that Jesus is king of. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good map. You know, that this fits. I fit this. This suits my situation of like, wait, that, that's why this is all happening. This makes sense. And so we have our eyes opened to the reality of clown world. And that is not meant to be like that. You know, because so many liberal clown Christians, they bash you over the head of like, of course, clown world is what God intended. Clowns are God's creation. Clown world is holy, you know, and it's like you're, you're bashed over the head to be like, okay, equality, diversity, feminism, equality, diversity, feminism. Like, and it's almost like this biblical, like you're unholy if you're not the Christian nice guy who either joins in and, and if you don't join in, at least run away and escape. Those are the two except libertarianism accept is acceptable. They, no one attacks libertarianism. No one uh, tries to conflate libertarian figures with Nazi skin lampshades and get them in trouble for white nationalism and all this stuff. No one cares because libertarianism neuters it. Jordan Peterson is a gatekeeper, not a gateway. He, he gets men to clean their own room and then stay there. Stay in your room, bucko. Don't go out into the world and meet up with other dudes who've cleaned their room and go clean the street. And so we get this, this insane, uh, uh, map forced on us that's like okay how do i succeed in this world how do i please god in this clown world and it's either conform and become a clown but then our soul dies right we die inside when we lie we die inside when we when we celebrate that which is not our our like that common grace like god made us not stupid like we can see when things are a lie but you get hit over the head enough times and every NPC will be like, yes, this is true. Diversity is our strength. 
equality, blah, 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 feminism, blah, blah, blah. And, and they, the, the mantra, the mantra, the mantra, and, and, and you become, you become dead inside. There's that famous quote from, I don't know, whoever the, uh, the author is, but he says like, I, if we can't, if we can't, uh, if we, if we remain quiet to a lie, we then, we then become complicit and we can no longer tell between truth and lie anymore. Uh, I'm butchering this badly, but, but that's the, the, the essence of this is, you know, when we, when we, when we get abused and we don't stand up to it, we don't say no, we don't counter the programming. You, you eventually, after enough time, your soul wears down and you become just like, all right, I, I surrender. I surrender to the culture. You know, the other option is to escape, escape the clown world, escape the culture. And they're happy with that too, because eventually they'll come and take it over. You know, eventually they'll come and subvert your little uh, commune or whatever, or they'll ATF it or whatever. They don't care about guys escaping. They don't care about guys conforming. They start reing when you start talking about dominating. Third option is dominate the culture. Dominate the clowns. Crush the clowns. And this is where we, we get to this thing of how do you do it? It's in your own life. First clown to crush is your own inner clown. Inside you is a clown and a king. You must eject the clown. So, you know, you get to this thing of like, all right, Lord, like I get this. I get clown world. You know, what is the way forward? What's the toolbox? You know, and that's where it's fine. Like, you know, I, I fell hook, line and sinker for the Peterson scam. You know, I, I fell hook, line and sinker for libertarianism and for conservatism and, and Ben Shapiro you know, um, and you get to a point where, you know, you follow them religiously and you do everything they say and you, you, you're like, okay, these guys will save me from clown world, you know, and, and a year goes down, two years go down and you're like, oh my gosh, these guys are just, they're either, they're either making me conform or they're making me escape, but we're, we're never dominating. We're never crashing. And so, so then you graduate, you graduate to this new thing of like, all right, Lord, like what is their, their way? You know, and so that's when we get to this thing of, of it's at your scale. We've got to give up outraging or folding at huge, big things that matter, but that we can't control. So I want to drum this into our heads is, you know, libertarians will never have power. Conservatives will never use power. And so we need to build power in our own, at our own scale in the institutions we are a part of, you know, in the, in the domains that we have got grace and natural graceful, and we do it as unto the Lord. So this whole thing, institutions are winnable. You know, this, this huge, big thing is war, right? You know, that whole thing of like, when you're just looking at this huge war, this huge enemy, this huge unwinnable mountain, you know, and it's like, oh, what can I ever do? And we fold. We outrage and we fold. We outrage and we fold. But when you start seeing institutions, just the little institutions, you know, a thousand institutions that make up your domain, millions of institutions that make up your domain alone. And we're like, okay, I can take one institution. I can be involved and I can take control of one institution. You know, or I'm involved in these two or three institutions. Like that has to become your world because you can control that. And so institutions are winnable. And so our idealism is good. You know, our Christian nationalist ideals, our patriarchal dominionist ideals, our faith, right, is good. 
but don't let it be masturbation. Don't let it be without real world planting, real world action. And so I really wanted to, to get into this thing of like faith without works is conservatism. Faith without works is conservatism. Davey, a uh, good concept, it's just like we have to stop swallowing on despair porn and fear porn. Yeah, exactly, brother. Christianity is a community faith, just like humans are social creatures. And that's the real world. That's the real map. Individualism is a lie, just along with equality and feminism and all that stuff. Man, welcome, brother. Peterson and others do provide a bridge. Yes, but you have to let go of them to cross the bridge. You cannot cross the bridge while still holding their hand. They won't let you. So we, we get to this thing now. Faith without works is conservatism. Faith without works is dead. And so faith requires action. Faith requires works. And you can't start working on DC. You can't start working in Congress. You can't start working uh, on you know, the ADL or whatever because they're so far removed from your own personal life. Action requires confidence. The reason we fold, the reason we outrage, people outrage when they can't, when they're trapped, when they can't do something, right? If, if your drink falls over on your, on your laptop and, oh my gosh, my hands are tied, that's when you get outraged or you, you fold in fear because I, I can't do anything. I can't do anything. But if, you're, if your water falls and you've got a towel right here, oh, towel, boom, turn it over, all good. Confidence, right? Peace. Because I can do the thing that is upsetting me, the thing that is important, I can act on it. And so for us, action requires confidence. And, and all this big stuff takes our confidence away. It's like you said there, Debbie, fear porn and despair porn, right? We outrage because we, I can't do anything. My, my hands are tied, you know, and that's when, you know, oh, come on, buy birch gold gang. And, you know, it's like, you're not doing anything. You're not doing anything. I mean, you're doing something for them. You know, you're letting them be talking heads with million dollar salaries and all that stuff. Henry Parks, welcome, brother. Faith without works may be conservatism and works without faith is liberalism. So that's a, a, a really big one. Liberalists, liberals work. They do the thing. And so I really wanted to, to hit on, on this, this whole thing of what you see with liberals is the power game. They, they have a power game, right? It's all about power. It's not about debate. It's not about logic. It's not about reason. It's not about being correct. It's not about saving face. When you have institutional power, you can do whatever you want. People can outrage. People can, can accuse. People can call you a hypocrite. People can even laugh and mock at you. But if you're doing the things, you win. You win. And, and liberals are great at the ground game, at what can they control, you know? And they, they go hard at institutional control. One, you know, the, the average little liberal on a university campus who's, you know, 19 years old, IQ of 90, uh, terrible looking, just hates their life. They have a, an, an in, insane amount of belief. So they do have faith, Henry. They do have faith. They have an insane faith that they will make a difference. And they have an insane faith that they will make a difference to DC and make a difference to all these big things by working in their little university, working in their little HR department, working in their little church, working in their little NGO. Like they are insane believers. They are insane believers. 
in their little thing, you know, because they think that their little thing that they do matters. And you know what? It does. And that's where we have to start copying their homework, you know, of this thing of like, okay, it's all about me. It's all about, I am God's guy. I am the king that Jesus is king of. I'm going to work as unto the Lord. I'm going to crush in my community, in my institutions, in my domain, so that, you know, these clowns have nothing here. This is where you defeat clownism, clown world, is in your world. You know, and, and chaps, so many of us, we have an amazing life. We have an amazing world. When you shut all this out, it's like, yeah, the world we've built is pretty amazing. Like, there's no clowns in my world. There's no clown worldism in my world. Why? Because we can gatekeep our own little lives. We can build out and extend, take and extend dominion over our lives. You know, that's where the Amish are just crushing because they've done that for 300 years now. Of The Amish are very realistic that everybody outside the wall is clown world. They, they have such a great friend-enemy distinction. It's great that they speak a different language. They dress a different way. But they know friend and enemy. Everyone out there is clowns. We do what we do. We crush. And nothing can come in and affect us. And man, it works, you know. And so I'm just super pumped. I'm super pumped about what is it that, you know, I wanted to just get really into this tribalism thing. Uh, Henry, yep, but it's a shallow faith, the worship of nothing, hence a faith in nothing and thus no faith. Yeah, as far as we're concerned, there's no faith in God. There's no faith uh, in, in, in moral, in, in the good, the beautiful, the true logos. They have faith in liberalism, in enlightenment, in I am God, in this false virtue of, of hum, liberal humanism, globo homo, like homo worship, uh, homo sapien worship. Um, but in, in essence, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. So let's hit this thing here of we must focus on doing things rather than watching others do things. And that's where conservatives are number one. Like, oh, turn on. Tucker is our guy. He's doing it. Oh, DeSantis is our guy. He's doing it. Donald was our guy. He did it. And it's like when you're watching someone else do something, you're not doing it. You are a spectator. You're a masturbator you know, ideologically. We must focus on doing things rather than watching others do things. And so this is the first thing of tribe because a lot of guys are like, well, Scott, I don't feel very tribal. I, I don't know who my tribe is. I don't know how to do tribe. Like what is tribalism? You know, we're all trying to figure this out as Western, Western guys because we've been so de-tribalized, so de-racinated, so de-nationalized. But the first thing I want to posit is that tribe is not this massive, huge scale thing. It starts with three other dudes. And so again, scale of our gift, you know, being a one talent guy and, and being faithful with our one talent. And then maybe perhaps God will be gi giving us more and we become a 10 talent guy. But you work your one talent as unto the Lord. You work your one talent admiring and being inspired by the dudes who are crushing 10 talents. Same with tribe, right? We look at guys with mega churches of like 7,000 people. And you're like, whoa, that's a tribe. You know, and you look at guys with, some NGO with like a million donors and you look at some uh, university patronage system with like, you know, a hundred thousand, uh, you know, like a, a fraternity or whatever. And it's like, whoa, tribe. And we we I have to have a thousand, a hundred thousand people immediately before we ever do anything. And so you look at Jesus numbers and it's three, 12, 40, 127,000. We've got to go up the scale accordingly 
don't skip out and be like, well, I don't have 7,000 followers. I don't have 7,000 dudes, so I'm not going to do anything. Start praying and ask God, Lord, send me three dudes. Send me three dudes who are ride or die. And let's start doing stuff together. You know, so many guys, we can only think of tribe through a pastoral, you know, church as, as our vision of tribe. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, what is your domain? If you're in governance, if you're in, in media, if Proverbs uh, says that your gift makes room for you and brings you before great men. So one of the keys to, to start building tribe is to start contributing your gift, right? Right where you are in the domain, domain where you are in the grace lane that you have, start giving your gift. And you're going to start being brought into a relationship with great other great men attempting great things. No, none of us want to, right? But, but we want to die with mates. We want to, we want to, we want to make, you know, general pattern, make the other bastards die. And so the biggest thing for us is like, all right, Lord, I thank you that you're going to send me three dudes who I can contribute my gift with. And so we've got to start giving our gift. We've got to start doing our talent as unto the Lord. And, and you've got to have the rabid belief of a leftist of like my little thing matters. DVG, welcome, brother. Uh, Davey, tribe, family, relatives, friends, community. And that's all important. You know, uh, family and relatives and, and friends and community, you know, like church, that's all, that's great. But that's a downstream derivative. When I talk about tribe, I'm talking like David in the desert, 400 dudes who are taking targets, who are taking ground. And that's often not going to be your relatives. That's often not going to be your family and your friends that you've grown up with and your church. It's often kind of where we find ourselves now as, as Christian men who won't bow the knee to Baal. You know, Elijah was like, oh God, am I the only one? And God's like, no, no, no. there's 7,000 other dudes who have not bowed the knee to Baal. But we all feel alone. We all feel totally alone because we are amongst friends. We are amongst family. We are amongst a church and a community. But very few are willing to go and take ground. Our targets. Very few are willing to go and become mighty men. And so what I'm really hitting at here is to start finding the three other dudes. And then, you know, once there's three of you, it's like, all right, like, what are we going to go take? You know, what's your domain? What is your, what are the institutions that are takeable? You know, this whole thing of, of raising hell for the clowns with a few mates, you know, how can we raise hell for the clowns in our area? Hell and crush the clowns in our hierarchy, in our institution, in our control, you know, and, and, Again, we need to start becoming very wise about this. You know, we are men behind enemy lines. You know, so for a lot of you guys in economy and governance, especially, uh, you know, and in media and ministry, if you're in a, in a hostile um, hierarchy, you can't just come out all guns blazing because now you've given up your position and you get ejected. You get shot. You get crucified. You know, so it's a lot of you guys, it's a stealth guerrilla war of, of subverting the subverters. You know, it, it stuff gets super exciting, chaps, when you start really thinking of like, what can I control? What are the things within my influence and my reach? So a tribe is three, 12, 40, 120 dudes, maybe one day 7,000. Stop thinking bigger than this. To go bigger is then tribal confederacy. You know, one day when clown world collapses, you know, all the Amish tribes, you know, all the Amish clans are, are they're going to be a nation, a tribal confederacy, you know, but, but you don't, you don't worry about having a grand Amish leader, a supreme Amish commander 
over the 300,000 Amish. I mean, maybe they do have a Pope or whatever, but it's like they care so much about their little tribe, their 120 families in their local area. And then they're aligned. They have a confederacy with all these other tribes, all these adjacent tribes, you know, and, and you can marry your sons and daughters off among those tribes. You can, you can do projects together with all those tribes, but care about your tribe, your three, your 12, your 40, your 120. And, and then your, your family and your relatives and your church, your community, they will be a downstream of the momentum and the institutional power that you carry. Because remember, m- many of them are going to be normies, are, are going to be NPCs who are petrified of being ejected from their institutions, of having reprisals against them because of association with you. So we have to be very wise to this. You know, gentle as doves with them, wise as serpents. And that's why I, I say a lot as well. You cannot rage at the normies. You cannot hate the normies because they are they are captive. They have Stockholm Syndrome. They are drones controlled by whichever clown is in charge of their institution, of their hierarchy that they're in. And so we rage at the clowns and we go hard at the clowns. We crush the clowns. And then, you know, that's the libertarian dream is like, we crush the clowns, set all the NPCs free, set all the normies free. And it's like, no, no, no. Once you've crushed the clowns, you're now king of the normies. You're now king of the NPCs and you now have to rule. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. You now have to rule. You now have to have reprisals against those who would go into clownism. You now have to punish the clowns that try and enter your hierarchy and eject them. You now have to reward good behavior of what you want the culture to be. That's institutional power. That is institutional gatekeeping. You know, and you, you find the kings. You find the young, the young Davids who are coming up in your hierarchies and you elevate them. You know, that's the role. Once you become an institutional, uh, an institutional crushing king, it's like I'm looking for the other Davids to elevate them. Because you can't, you can't, you can't get into this thing of hating the normies. And, and, and then if, if we ever do have, you know, if you're running a church right now, if you're a pastor running a church, you can't just be like, hey, guys, I trust you. Like, just live your lives, guys. Libertarian dream. You know, like, we're all, we're all, you know, just serving the Lord here. Like, no, no, no. 80% of them are NPCs who want you to tell them what to do, to give them direction, to give them vision, to, to punish the wrongdoers, to reward the rightdoers. Like I'm telling you right now, it's 80% of the world are just non-player characters doing whatever the inst- whatever the most powerful institution in their life says to do, they will do. Marcel, as ook omdraai, skiet my. As ek val, reek my. As ek storm, volg my. Dude, inspiratie. Yes. I hope my Afrikaans was okay there. So good. So... I'm excited, chaps, because I think it's this whole thing of like tons of dudes are just plugging out. Tons of kings are plugging out of this conservative libertarian gatekeeping, you know, this outrage and fold model of the world. And we're plugging into localism, to pragmatism, to what is your institution? What is your domain? Let's go hard. You know, and, and you can you can still play play around and have fun mocking them. And, and you know, like I, I have fun mocking dudes you know, who are far beyond what I can control. That's great. You know, have fun as long as you're doing the work. So we do tribe through projects and targets. Men build friendship by doing things together. The harder the things, the deeper the bond. Outrage is just watching your enemy do stuff. 
we've got to reciprocate and we've got to escalate. You know, so anytime the enemy does something in your institution or your control, go harder. Like you punch me and I'm going to, I'm going to punch even harder back. You know, the, the Donald has this great saying of like, if you let a guy get away with stealing your chickens, don't be surprised when he rapes your daughters. This thing of, you know, what you allow continues in even greater measure. And so you've got to start reciprocating. You've got to start bringing down the hammer. You've got to start crushing the clowns under your feet in your little things that you have control over. You know, and that starts with our own life. That starts, ironically, with cleaning your room, Bucko. And it's like, great. But then we don't stop there. We just carry on crushing. Carry on crushing. All righty. What else did I have here? It's been a good little, good little Monday evening. It's hot. All righty. Things that matter. So going back to that Venn diagram, things that matter and things that you can control. So again, I, I keep hopping back to this, Jeps. Having a $10 million vision, having idealism, having faith, having a, a vision for what is it that I think God is calling me to do. You know, for a lot of us, we don't believe that God is going to provide for us. And so we don't ever attempt anything great. You know, and if you, if you, if you understand God's heart, that I'm a king that he is king of, that I am to take and extend dominion with him as a son. You know, we're, we're to increase Eden uh, in our world. You know, a lot of guys are like, oh, Scott, you know, I don't have much. I've just, you know, it's like, what do you have? Your one talent? All right, let's do that one talent as unto the Lord. But have a vision for 10 talents. Have a vision for what you're going to do because that energizes what you do with your one talent. Have a vision for when, you know, the day that God gives me 10 talents, this is what I think it's going to look like. This is what I'd love to do. This is what God, like, this is my dream. Like, this is how I want to uh, do stuff, what I want to give, what I want to contribute, what I want to be what I want to do, what I want to have. And then what do you have? Let's take momentum. Let's take action. What can I control? You know, so I, I, I use this, this uh, analogy often, but it's like, okay, so you want a farm, you want a hundred acre farm. That's a great vision. Like, that's a great thing. I'm like, yeah, I'd love that Lord. And it's like, okay, what can I do right now? Plant a backyard garden, you know, do the next thing, go start getting momentum. And for a lot of us, we don't think we can ever achieve this because we don't believe we're blessed. We don't believe God loves us. We don't believe God will come through for us. A lot of people say they believe in God, but then their actions show the opposite. You know, and it's this whole thing of like, chaps, faith means you don't have it. So that's fine. Have a huge vision. Oh, it's got it's pie in the sky. I don't have it. It's like, no, no, no. What are you, what are you having faith for? And then start taking actions, small actions, little actions, scaled actions. But start pushing, start stepping, start going so that God can direct your steps and push you. And so chaps, for a lot of us, this just means us crushing, you know, crushing the clowns means becoming a king in your local area, becoming a king in your life, in your house, in your property, in your little mission, in your little institution, in your little hierarchies, in your little community, your little church. How do I start crushing here towards a big, energizing, amazing, idealistic vision? But so many of us, we're just focused all over here. And we never ever do anything down there. And then we're just like the conservatives. We're just like the libertarians. And it's like, we've got to start going. We've got to start doing, even on a little scale. All righty, Davey, definitely some mocking and rhetoric. Let's the other men, they can, let's the other men know they can stand. Yeah. And that's it. You know, so much of this, this is why I love, I love Twitter. I love YouTube, you know, I love social media. It's to let other men know that they're not alone. And that's a great thing. You know, you, you want to let other men know they're not alone. But here's the even greater thing of social media, to start reaching out to guys. You know, start private messaging dudes, man. Start emailing, start calling guys. And because you, you social media is such a great 
it's a great vision caster of like, this is what I believe in. These are my values. This is my vision. These are the things I love. These are the things I hate. And it's like, okay, that's my guy. Like you can see it. Like that's my guy. So start messaging each other, right? Start, start um, getting to know each other beyond a, you know, cause beyond an ideological long distance friendship, like what projects can we do together? You know, what, like, what is it that you're aiming for? Let's go together. Let's do stuff together. And that's how friendships are built, chaps. That's how tribe is built. Three dudes taking ground together. And chaps, it can be, you know, a lot of guys are like, okay, Delta Force. Let's take over this institute. You know, it's like, that's great. That's good. Like, do that. But also like, hey, let's go on a camping trip together. Let's have our, let's all of us and, you know, go go spend a weekend together and, and just get to know, like, chaps, that's crushing the clowns. They want us alone. They want us separated. They want us despairing. Do things together that that just crush clown world. Joyful warriors. You know, that whole thing of like, we have a holy war. We have a brohad. And it's like, men who are on a holy war are happy warriors. Because we know that it, we are living sacrifices to the Lord. You know, this whole thing, chaps, of Romans 12, of like, do not conform to the world, but be transformed. Why? Because we're living sacrifices. God, you tell me what to do, I'll go do it. This is what I, I the plans I'm making in my heart, I trust that you're directing my steps. And it's that whole thing of, of being willing to commit social suicide, willing to commit hierarchical, uh, you know, being a man after God's heart of like, I'm going to go hard. And if I die, glory, you know, and it's often just a social death. It's often just a political correctness death, you know. So praise God for it. Scott Jaynes. Welcome, brother. Morning, chaps. Oh, I got it from Australia. Scott Jaynes. Do you like how I said that, mate? Caught up. Uh, one. <laughs> he talks really slow. He talks really slow. Alrighty, faith works equals conservatism. Give me a good lel, so it must contain truth. Ah, oh, praise God, brother. Bloody bogans. Not that you're a bogan, I just know that that's a great slur in Australian folklore. Alrighty, so I think that's it, chaps. Your gift matters. Your institutional honor. How to build honor? I really, uh, I highly recommend a book by Jack Donovan, The Way of Men, and he talks about gaining honor in a hierarchy through strength courage and mastery, you know? And so for a lot of us, we're in hierarchies, you know, majority of us are in several hierarchies. How do I gain honor in that hierarchy? Why? You know, a lot of Christians would be like, Oh, Scott, you bloody few hierarchies. And it's like, that's fine as well. Like if I'm a Jonathan, then I want to be a Jonathan to the David. I don't want to be a Jonathan to the janitor. And that's fine as well. If that's your calling, I'm, I'm just saying that there's a hierarchical ability for us to rise in influence. So Joseph was David, <laughs> Joseph was Jonathan to the janitor. You know, he was the Jonathan to a slave master. He was a Jonathan to a uh, warden. Like prison warden is worse than the janitor. Like, but he was like, okay, I'll be a, a Jonathan to this man. I'll give my gift to this man. And then he rose in honor. And then he's now the Jonathan to the, to the Pharaoh. And so like, that's for a lot of us chaps. Like God wants you to be an influential man. You know, for, for so many of us, we're like, oh, I could never be rich. I could never be famous. I could never be powerful. You know, that's all sinful stuff. And it's like, no, no, no. Like for a lot of you guys, like you're the most sincere guy, you know, like, do you want to please the Lord? Like, God, that's all I want to do. Like, God, I just want to please you. I'll do anything for you, Lord. For a lot of you guys, that's the cry in your heart. So why wouldn't you want to, to gain honor and then, and then wield it unto the Lord? So how to build honor? Chaps, we've got to increase our strength, whether that's physical strength, financial strength, 
strength of will, strength of soul, strength of emotion, strength of, of, you know, whatever your ability is, a wise man increases strength and then courage. Ask God to, you know, God, you look at all these dudes and it's like, man, Elijah was crushing. And then he, he, he falls, he, he, he folds and God encourages him. David was crushing. And, and then he has a setback and he's about to fold. And it says he encourages himself in the Lord and he carries on and goes and crushes. And it's like, chaps, it's a, we love courageous men. We love courageous men, you know, so be a man of courage. And then mastery, you know, what is it that your talent, your passion, uh, the thing you're, you're good at that the Lord has given you, don't bury it, start mastering it. You know, so many of us, we, we're afraid of giving our gift imperfectly. Like, well, what is, it's like, no, 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 done is better than perfect. Better than perfect. Give your gift roughly. We need rough men. We need rough men who will give their gift roughly. And then when you're giving it, you know, it's like, it's like coaching freaking rugby of like, man, the best guys, if they don't practice, they, they start to, they start to make them, you know, you, oh, I haven't practiced for two weeks, but you come into a match and it's like your passes are off. Your tackles are a bit out of sync. Like chaps, you need to practice. Practice giving your gift and you'll become better at it. You know, we're so petrified. This is the real pride. We're so petrified of giving our gift roughly, imperfectly, that it'll be the final time we give our gift. It's like, no, 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 chaps. Keep giving. Keep getting up. Keep giving. Keep getting up. Keep giving. Like the only time you fail is when you stop giving your gift. You know, there's so many stories of dudes who, who come back from crazy crap because they never stopped giving their gift. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> like everyone hates me. My whole world, it's Jonathan, right? His whole camp is raided. All his men hate him and wanting, they want to kill him, not just give up on him. And he's like, all right, encourage myself in the Lord. Let's go crash again. You know, it, don't give in to fear. Don't give in to failure. Failure is never final. Keep picking yourself up. Keep going hard. Keep encouraging yourself in the Lord. Chaps, God loves you. You have to get this in your minds. You know, we're so petrified of messing up because, oh, God will hate me or God will strike me or God will... Uh, Fear of missing out because I made a mess up. So now God has sidelined me. That's a huge failure for dudes, man. God so freaking loves you. The, the, the prodigal son, the prodigal son wished his father was dead, went and squandered all the cash on whores and coke. And he came back and the they might laugh and be like, that wasn't it, buddy. Like, let's try again this way. Like, this is not really what I want you to be doing. I want you to go here. It's like, oh, okay. Crap. No, no. Oh, okay. You know, and, and sometimes we don't listen and we bumble around because God has to kind of bumble us into the thing that, that we're supposed to be doing. And that's okay. Just keep giving your gift. For the love of God, keep giving your gift. All righty. Getting riled up. All righty. And then contribute it to the mission. You know, so if you're in a hierarchy, here's how you play power games. If you're in a hierarchy that you don't control, figure out who the David is and figure out what the mission is and give your gift to those two things. Figure out who the David is. How can I give my gift to serve him and serve his mission? And that's how you increase in a hierarchy. You know, because so many of us, myself included, you come into a hierarchy and you be the little gamma. Like, oh, I could be better than the David. I could run this place better. And it's like, stay down. You're in the janitor spot now. It's like, no, who's the lead guy or who's the guy above you? Serve him. And then what's the mission? Figure out what the mission is and be mission focused, be mission minded. And that's how you grow in honor in a hierarchy. Raise hell for the clowns. Raise hell for the clowns with a few mates. Have some fun. Love you, boys. And we'll see you tomorrow at 7 p.m. I appreciate all you new chaps. Uh, it's good to have you on. And we'll see you all tomorrow.